Oh my God, I have chills. What happened? Oh my God. Oh, I just can't. What? Camera's going on. <laughs> that wasn't as good as I thought. You don't like it? Yeah, no, I really do. Is it um, Hill House? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you look cute. <laughs> Big reveal. <laughs> but I really do. I know, it's a good dress. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm so tired meanwhile i have a zit coming on so i turned off the lights <laughs> nobody gives a shit i know they don't um we put britain's in a big boy bed now <gasps> how exciting wait why didn't you send me like the bedding and all that you didn't send me any pictures what's wrong with you so the queen bed from downstairs you slept in it <laughs> oh but y'all moved it upstairs yeah oh okay and last night he slept till, I mean, this morning he slept till 7.30. So I was like, oh, maybe he was just ready for it. Maybe it was this all along. Didn't get up once, but nap time has been torturous. So if you hear him. I don't hear him. Sorry. I know Barrett went to go lay with him now. Oh, cute. That's real cute. Trying to chug this latte so I can perk up. Um, I don't know what we're going to do when I have a kid. What do you mean? It's stressing me out. It's just so hard to stay motivated. Not with this. Oh, God. Not with I this. Think, I think Rebecca's quitting on us, y'all. No, I'm not. <laughs> and actually, I was like, oh, my God, recording always perks me up. Like, I'm in just such a state of fog. And it's so much worse when a kid, when a newborn's present. Well, I mean, A, that's pregnancy brain. And B... You'll get out of the newborn stage eventually. Like, it seems like a lifetime ago I know, at this point. But we're, oh, I know that, but we're going to, um, I know we said we might have to take a month off so I can recover, but I'm like, I need to get, even then, I'm like, I need to have some under my belt before then. Oh, I know, but, or I already told you I could do, um, um, I might get a lot prepared and give you a break and I just do like several in a row. That's well, very nice. I would love for you to do people, that. people prefer mine anyway <laughs> they might at this point you've been really good about the choice but mine one today is hilarious. oh my god it's just what do you mean I, not hilarious I, I didn't mean it but it is bonkers oh okay sweet i got so much shit on thursday for my friends okay last week i rachel covered sonia ivanoff an alaska case um, and my friends Alex and Catherine texted and gave me so much shit for not <laughs> giving them a shout out. <laughs> oh, really? They yeah. lived in Alaska, guys. They, they lived in Anchorage and we went to visit them last year. And so they know all about Alaska. And Alex said he had patience and unilocate. I was oh, like, really? oh, I should have been had you send me voice memos to pronounce all this stuff. But whatever. I thought of them in your story. <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, well, I mentioned that I went there. Yeah. <laughs> Does that count? No, it didn't. Also, an update on Joran Vandersloot is that he pled not guilty to extortion charges in Birmingham last week. So a trial will be happening. And I think he's going to be held in Birmingham until that trial happens. I love that he wants a trial. Like, I'm like, do you know how this works? Yeah. You think they're going to get a 
unbiased jury in <laughs> Birmingham, Alabama. Right. I don't know. Oh, my God. I wish I still lived in Birmingham just for the prospect of being called to jury oh duty. Oh, my God. I would love it. I mean, we'd be dismissed so quickly because we knew Natalie, but And still. the podcast, I bet they would not allow... They do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One That's episode. I'm definitely like, oh. true. Sounds like y'all hate men, so no. <laughs> Sounds like y'all are the most biased, mm-hmm. unobjective podcast host of all time. Right. My bad. Um, yeah, he's an idiot. Well, we're going to go to the... I hope that trial's public. No, I, I hope it is too, and we'll definitely go. But like... You're on, I don't know if you know how this works, but the FBI has emails from you extorting the victim's family. Like, Mm -hmm. a a trial. You really want to do this? All right, let's do it. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I just have Lil John's in my head every time I hear, think about it. Is that Lil John? Whatever. Um, On that note, I know we asked before if people would be interested in a Natalie Holloway case episode uh, because we knew her. It could come from a little bit more personal perspective. Um, We're going to talk to her brother first and see if and a couple friends and see if they would have an issue with that. First and foremost, her brother. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously, if he's like, "Mm, please don't, then we're not. But a lot of people have reached out saying, yes, do it. So just know that we haven't forgotten about that. We're just going to talk to some people first, you know, you get it. Um, Patreon shout out Shay, Lindsay, Lauren, Michelle, Emily, Amber, and Tiffany. Damn. Oh, wow. We had a lot. This How'd y'all find us? What sold y'all? What happened? Oh, well, Emily is Payne's cousin. We're, we're at the lake this weekend. She's like, uh-uh, I'm signing up. We're going to get y'all some, we're going to monetize the shit out of y'all. I was like, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Please. girl. Shout, shout. Okay, y'all. Rebecca's going to tell me her story, and she has been talking it up. Okay. So better be good. That's all I'm I'm, yeah, it's just bonkers. I just can't believe I've never heard of this before. It's truly insane. And it's current, so expect some updates. As I know. Of I know the name that you told me, and now I can't it's remember. It's Nick but- Rossi slash Nick Alaverdian. I know Nick Rossi, but I don't know. So can't wait. Okay, well, sources are the Providence Journal, free subscription, what up? No biggie. Free trial, you know. Always. Always. Uh, news, newspaper.com. That's me. <laughs> That's me that keeps starting and canceling. <laughs> Did it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Dateline, The Daily Record, and Sunday Post. Nicholas Alaverdian was born July 11th, 1987 in a suburb of Providence, Rhode Island. It's called Cranston, Rhode Island. Cute. I know. Rhode Island is such a pretty state. Never been, but I just know it's cute. Yeah, I haven't either. either, But you just know. It's one of those things. Come on. His father was a felon and convicted of writing fraudulent checks, domestic abuse, and dealing cocaine. Damn. I know. It got so bad. What? I was going to say, in Rhode Island, I was picturing like a cute little coastal, you know. I know. Dealing cocaine. I know. It's like... Connecticut and Rhode Island are like synonyms to me. You know, you know yeah. the type. Yeah. You know, definitely picture no cocaine, cocaine dealers. dealers. Yeah. Okay. It got so bad that Nicholas's mother divorced him, got her straining order, and went into hiding with Nick and his younger siblings. Oh, scary. And um she remarried a man named David Rossi in 1996 when Nick was eight years old. 
and he took all the kids took his last name. So now he's Nick Rossi. Mm-hmm. David was an Engelbert Humpert. Wait, hold on. Hold on. David was an Engelbert Humperdinck impersonator. You uh, don't know who that is. <laughs> it's on the tip of my tongue, but I just can't think of it. He is a British pop singer from the 50s and 60s. Oh, that's so interesting. He's a pop singer impersonator because he is like New York accent, like very thick New England accent. A guy you wouldn't want to mess with. And he's a British pop singer impersonator. Just so interesting. Like as a hobby or he makes a living off of this? Makes a living. No. So Dayline interviewed him. And again, thick New England accent seems like the guy you do not want to screw with. Hell yeah. He said Nicholas was smart, but wicked. Okay. He even called him the devil spawn and said he would act out in physical ways, like beating his siblings, even beating up his mother. And once once to teach him a lesson, David sent Nicholas uh, to school in his underwear, which... Oh, no, no. uh, That type of embarrassment is probably ill-advised. No. That's not Oh, my God. How old? I don't know. That's literally a They nightmare. got married when he was eight years old, so oh, at least God. that. Older than that, I don't know. Okay. I thought he was saying, like, he's wicked and smart, like, in a you-gotta-love-him type of way. No, he, like, yeah, actually, like, evil. like, hated him. Hated yeah. him. Okay. Evil. Whoa. Um, please don't do that. No. I, I can't imagine the way to go. Humiliating a kid like that. Yeah. Like, yelling okay. at him in public or reprimanding him in front of friends? Fine. Yeah. If it warrants it. Sure. Yeah. That type of embarrassment. Like public humiliation, that is mean anyway. I mean, teachers should have stepped in and been like, no, actually, let's put him in some clothes. <laughs> yeah, let's He's not, not do this. coming to school like this. Sorry. He was apparently very hard to handle, and his behavior was so bad that they institutionalized him several times, but apparently kept getting kicked out of there, too, because they couldn't handle him. Which oh, that, God. oh my God. This is tough. I know. And um, children's records are sealed. So there are no details back in this up. We're going all of what David is saying. Okay. Then one day, David snapped. When Nick was 10 years old, the family went to Disney World and he started beating up his mom again, and David lost it. He started beating the hell out of Nick, putting him in the hospital. It was so bad. Oh, oh. okay. I know. And even Andrea Canning, who's on Dateline and interviews David, it's like, you beat up a child? He's like, I'm not proud of it. He says he's not proud of it, but it was years of hell being built up, and it just got the best of him. Oh, God. Like a 10-year-old. Like, you could not be more helpless, and this is a grown-ass man. I know. At Disney World, too. I bet so many people were like, the the Oh, I pictured like in the hotel room. If this was I mean, in public? I'm sure. No, I'm sure it was. What did the mom do? I don't know. Okay, You'll I see. David was arrested for assault, which I'm like, assault? It's so weird. I'm like, child abuse. I don't know. Anyway, David was arrested for assault, but charges were apparently dropped when they heard about Nick's past, which is only according to David. Like I said, those records are sealed. But I would like more information on it. Because beating your siblings, not okay. Beating your mom, not okay. But to justify putting a kid in the hospital seems... No, it's crazy. Yeah. Unless he was, like, stabbing his mother. Like, what? Right. what do you mean charges are dropped? I don't know. That's... Okay. It must have been bad. Uh, yeah, it must I, have been. Yeah. Okay, go on. Shortly after this incident, David walked out on the family. <laughs> 
Yeah. He, he's done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Then to make things worse, by the age of 12, Nick's mom even deemed him too aggressive and didn't know what to do with him. So she put him in foster care. Oh, my God. Not his siblings, just him. This is painful. Mm -hmm. He spent years floating through different families and groups and group homes. And according to Nick, he was abused regularly, including sexually abused. So not a good situation at all. No. But through all of this, he was determined to make a name for himself. So an arrangement was made through a judge to get Nick a job in the Rhode Island State House as a page, which is essentially someone who does clerical clerical work. Yeah. So he would do this during the day, then go back to a horrible home life at night. And legislators took to him and his work ethic. In fact, Brian Coogan, a former Democratic member of Rhode Island House of Representatives, actually considered adopting him, but it didn't work out. And around that time, Nick was about to age out the system. So he didn't. Oh, wow. Okay. So he's been doing that for years. He's almost 18. Yeah. Here we are. I don't know when you age out the system because... 18, I would imagine. I would imagine that too. He wanted to reinvent himself. And in 2008, he went to Sinclair Community College in Dayton, Ohio. And five years later, he was back at the state house fighting to bring change to the foster system. And people on the Hill and the media really noticed him. He was a kid who jumped from horrible foster home to horrible foster home. And there he was in a three-piece suit determined to change the process of DCYF. That's Department of Children, Youth, and Families. That's the agency Nick said failed him, failed to protect him as a teenager. I'm like shocked at this turnaround. I know. Wow. It was five years later. What was? When, of, when he did all this? Well, like when he was about to age out of the system and then five years later, he's bringing change. I know. It's just shocking that like he went from being that difficult of a kid to foster care to like that usually does any help end well. Like, yeah. It's not a bright future. Right. Unless you're like intensive therapy coming at you. And I, like, I don't know that he did. Yeah. That's crazy. Or great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not crazy. Great. Yeah. Either one. He made several public speeches about how he was subjected to torture, beatings, and various types of assault, and even sued DCYF, who denied all allegations, and the case ultimately settled, but for an undisclosed amount. But this story gained him quite the powerful allies, I'm sure you can imagine. There are pics of him and Mike Pence, Patrick Kennedy, various congressmen, other politicians, everyone. Okay. Undisclosed amount. Mm. Mm. Big, big bucks. Yeah. That's great. He eventually even got married, had a couple kids, and he even reconnected with his biological uncle, who was very proud of the man he had become, despite what a shitty father his brother was to him. Oh, man. And then in January 2020, reports came out that Nick had been battling non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and it turned terminal. And only a month later, in February 2020, he died at the age of 32. Whoa. I know. His obituary said he was a warrior who led and inspired children of DCYF and a fighter in spirit, but a peacemaker in practice. Baz Bedside was his wife, Louise, their two children, an extended family, and his last words were, fear not and run towards the bliss of the sun. Oh. And I'm 32. Way too young. Poor Louise. Louise called. Oh, God. And then a month later, poor Louise had to go into quarantine with those two kids. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, girl. Yep. Louise called Our Lady of Mercy Catholic Church in Providence and asked if they could have a memorial mass there. And they were all sure. And there were a few requests. 
most notable being four to five speakers to speak at the memorial, and she wanted all of them to either be past or present elected officials. Oh, and wow. the priest is like, tough ass, but sure. Oh, it's on him to do that? I know. Isn't that crazy? Oh, I was, okay. That's what I was like, I don't, okay. That's very nice of you to take that on when you didn't even know him. Okay. As Father Healy is planning for what was about to be a very big memorial, a detective calls him and tells him, do not hold this mass. Nicholas is not dead. What? (laughs) I've chose. He's like, thank God you got me out of that planning. I'm not planning this shit. Uh-uh. Who do I know? Who, I'm going to write a letter to the White House? I don't, <laughs> don't even know where to begin. Thank God. I bet he was like, hell yeah. <laughs> Leave me out of it. And tell Holy girl, shit. This. I'm so glad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I didn't know where to begin with that. Tell that girl to stop calling me. I'm out. He goes on to tell him that Nick is a fugitive and Interpol is looking for him. Stop it. Oh, man. So, okay, again, the future was not bright. I was like, what a turnaround. I know. You think it is. Okay. Sad note, this took me out, like, ran this by Barrett. I was like, how do I go about this bomb drop? Wait. Because I'll tell you at the end how I originally wrote out this story, and then I was like, and I told Barrett about it, and she's like, she's going to see it coming. I'm like, God, I really did not. I no, didn't how I had it. Oh, okay. I, like, I got to change it. Wait, why is Interpol looking for him if he's he's not from America? Where's he from? Where is he? Well, Rach, let's just go. I'm just going to tell you all the events leading up to his faux death. Oh, my God. I am like, okay. It's, this shit is so bonkers and it's current. There's, it's good. It's that so is good. current. Okay. No, no, it's so good. Oh, my God. Starting in 2008 at college in Dayton, Ohio, Nick reached out to another student named Mary Gurbinski on MySpace. Sure. As you do in 2008. Do you? I don't know. I didn't, but people do. Sure. He told her he was new to the area and wanted to make friends. Mary told him that she had a boyfriend and wasn't interested in anything romantic, which he assured her wasn't a problem. They met for lunch in the school cafeteria, and she said he was really easy to talk to, really charming. They always are. He offered to walk her to class, which was in the basement of a building. And the moment they stepped out of sight from people, he pushed her up against the wall and stuck his hands up her shirt. She told him to get off of her and that she had to go to class for a test. Oh. She was like leveraging her test was all she could think of in that moment. So oh, sad. God, that's scary. Mm-hmm. But of course, he doesn't give a shit. And he pressed her even harder. Mary was 90 pounds in college. 90. Okay. Versus She's- Nick, who is not little um Mm -hmm. okay yeah and you'll see when i post pics of them but so if he has a hold on her she's not going out she's not getting out of it oh god she saw a student coming and was completely frozen in fear and couldn't yell for help the moment the student passed nick started taking her pants off oh geez and as she's fighting he starts touching himself jacking off on her okay I assume the plan was rape, but when he realized that she was getting her voice back and probably that probably couldn't happen without anyone taking notice, he decided to do that. Either that or her fear and fighting made him so aroused he couldn't wait, which is repulsive. Ew. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jeez. When he finishes, 
She's left in shock and without processing it, she just walks to class and takes her test. Oh, God. When she gets out of class, there he is, waiting on her completely new demeanor, apologizing and begging her not to press charges or tell anyone. What? <laughs> mm-hmm. But instead, she marches right over to campus police, who sent her to a prosecutor's office. But they said there wasn't enough evidence and at first didn't want to investigate it until they got a police report telling his side of the story that Mary was the aggressor. <laughs> Get out of here. The cops look at her, see that she's tiny, and was like, oh, this is weird. I'm going to do a little background check. And he saw that the detective saw that a woman just two weeks before reported to the police that she was sexually assaulted by Nick, but decided not to press charges. Oh, God. So Mary knew she wasn't the first, but she wanted to be the last. So even without the physical evidence, she's pressing charges. Yeah, girl. There's mm -hmm. no physical evidence. He, I thought he finished on her. I know. I guess it, I don't know what. He, it's yeah. just he didn't. Okay. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, nah. And he was charged with public indecency and sexual imposition, which is sexual contact against someone's will. Nick pleaded not guilty, so they went to trial, and the defense picked apart her character and her credibility, but the judge didn't buy it and convicted him. Oh, good. At the sentencing, Nick showed up in a three-piece suit and a cane. <laughs> You're a freshman <laughs> oh in college. God. And a, he had a top hat on and a monocle. <laughs> yeah. Very, look how <laughs> dignified this guy is. He didn't do this. He didn't do Face it. closed. Yeah. But like... Well, you heard freshman. A cane? Was it wet outside? <laughs> and tails? <laughs> tails on. So stupid. But somehow this bullshit act had an effect on the judge and he got no jail time. However, he was sent as a fine and had to register as a sex offender for 15 years. Okay. <laughs> like, was he limping? Was he trying <laughs> to prove? I'm like, it's not a car wreck. He, no, like, he's trying to prove he's like see i'm disabled there's no way yeah. that i could do anything like this right. oh my god it's hilarious like an 18 year old with a cane get out of here it's like shows how stupid and immature you are like however this was just the beginning for poor mary oh no a few months later she was notified that the judge reopened the case based on new evidence nick brought forward mm it was an apparent drunk confession that Mary posted on MySpace saying she made the whole thing up. Come on, give me a break. The post was from, quote, Mary's account and said that not only was it consensual, but she was actually in love with Nick and that she lied to police to hide those feelings. Like, what? Wait, hide your feelings. You just don't express them. No need to claim sexual assault. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> to hide it from police. She's yeah, like, well, what if they found out somehow? <laughs> yeah. Wait, is this like a video? Oh, no, oh, it's like a space. status. A status. Like a, like, yeah, uh, you can like post like long blog type things on. Yeah, 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 duh. <laughs> so that, okay. oh, I have evidence. She posted on MySpace that she made the whole thing up. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Luckily, the judge called bullshit and reclosed the case, but Nick would not let it go. He sued the prosecutors and Mary on the basis of having to register as a sex offender, preventing him from getting a job. Not her problem right so she's freaking out because as a broke college student the stress of paying attorney fees to defend yourself against a guy who attacked you is scary and stressful as shit literally spending a 20 dollars cover charge stressed me out and i'm not kidding oh my god for sure we are yeah. idiots for paying that anyway are her parents involved yeah they're lending her the money but it's still like 
I get the impression they're not billionaires. Like she was like, it weighed on me so much. Oh like, yeah. No, I get it. But on top of that, there's a possibility possibility that he could win and she would have to pay the man who assaulted her, which so it was just all the worst time for Mary. During all of this, he's going online and talking shit about her on a website called A Voice of Men. Okay. I know. Stop. Uh-uh. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> Have you ever heard of this? No. You don't? Yeah, but you know. Okay. I think I know what it is, but like. Just based on the title. Talk it, about a rabbit hole. Okay. Let's I was flabbergasted because I was like, what the hell's a voice for men? Or God, voice I of men? really was hoping you were going to say he posts on a website called Juicy Campus. <gasps> oh, my God. Remember Juicy Campus? How horrible. God, that was really fucked up. <laughs> Y'all, Google it. It was just like a gossip website for, I guess, all things college campuses. Like you could, oh yeah, God, it's horrible. Like, yeah. But anyone could submit it. It wasn't like one person behind it. Like you could post, anyone could post. Anonymously. 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 Yeah. Oh God. You, so people get like called like ugly. Yeah. That was so mean. It would be like rank the sororities from fat, like horrible oh yeah i mean you it was a ton of sorority ranks oh my god and then i got into ugas somehow i think you had to have a college i don't know how yeah, I, I think you could go to any of them oh you could mm -hmm. well i saw that a lot of people said they had sex with uh my boyfriend at the time and i was like what and he's like no it's from a long time ago I'm like yeah right oh, yeah that was a good back I'm like sure jam <laughs> now knowing what we know it was yeah. not a long time ago <laughs> no it wasn't or at the time you know you get it damn it okay so it wasn't juicy campus no it was, it. no it was called a voice of men and this was a rabbit hole oh my god i'm flat flabbergasted that this exists all right it's a men's rights activist website that description oh i'm like what rights do men not have let's come i mean on. let's come on they claim to be victims of society. Of course. It was founded by some old white dude named Paul Elam. Oh, wait, a, a white man? Yes. <laughs> oh, you're joking. <laughs> no, I'm just shocked that a white man feels like such a victim of society. Oh, right. Rich white men have it so hard in this country. It's so sad. <laughs> right. White, rich, white lives matter. <laughs> right, exactly. And listen... I hear all the time, millennials are a weak generation and blah, blah. We are. No. We uh, are. We are. <laughs> but no, a group of white straight men claiming to have it the worst in this country, that is weak. That is weakness. Give me a break. Give me a break. And like, y'all, we do sound like we hate men. No, we are, look, I married a man. I gave birth to a man. I'm currently cooking another one. And I love my dad. Oh, yeah. I'm married. Yes, I agree. My husband's a white man. My son <laughs> is a white man. My dad's a white man. I love them to pieces. But listen what? to this shit. It was found. Oh, they don't have it hard. I'm just they saying. They don't have it hard. And they know every man in my life knows it. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't know it is this dude who found this <laughs> voice of men named Paul Elam. He at a conference. He was discussing how unfair it is when women report rape against men. Because, quote, women who allow men to buy them drinks or drunkenly kiss men are not asking to be raped. They are freaking begging for it, damn near demanding it. He also said that if he were on a jury for rape, no matter how much evidence pointed to the guy being guilty, he would acquit him out of principle. 
Uh, my jaw is on the floor, but I'm glad that's in writing. So anytime he's selected for jury duty, they're going to be like, nope, right. we got to get rid of that guy. How insane is that? Oh, my God. Rach Does called have- me and was like, you, can you record tomorrow? And I was like, neck deep and voice of men. So I was like, oh, shit, I got to finish my story. Oh, can you believe that? Okay, so he doesn't have daughters or sisters or, <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. Really no women in his life, I guess. I don't know. That is, I'm shocked. It, it, it really is. It reminds me so much of a guy who used to work for a very large company that I used to work for, who also believed that men were truly victims of society, <laughs> especially ones with deep pockets. He would say that. <laughs> and that he can't even give anyone in the office a hug without someone screaming rape. I'm like, first of all, why are you giving people hugs in the office? <laughs> Please don't hug me. Right. You need to say his name. No. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, really, I really don't hate men. I just the ones in my life do not think like this. This is ridiculous. Come on, get out of here. You are silly. <laughs> that reminded me of the office when Andy comes in with a Christmas tree and says, I've sat all over me. Don't <laughs> hug me. And Oscar goes, why would we hug you? <laughs> no one's hugging anyone in the office oh my god it's so annoying like I know that there I'm sure people who falsely accuse to like I don't know I know that happens but like that reminds me of a guy that I used to work with he said this in a meeting and this was a small company he said it was during me too and he was like what do we do when we like we do need to have a private meeting with one of the females female co-workers but like I can't close the door because I don't want to get sued (laughs) I was like, excuse me? First of all, there's like a handful of women at this small company. And two, like, what are you going to do when the doors close? Yeah, what are you planning? Don't be a creep and we're all good. No one's going to falsely accuse. Fuck off. Don't grab my vagina and we straight. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Such an asshole comment. We were all like, okay, calm down. Yeah. Maybe he was just like clear. Like my first thought with that would be like, He's in a stupid way asking, like, is that a part, like, what's appropriate in the office anymore? I don't know. Well, yeah, I guess, but it was insulting. I'm like, if you don't assault us, no one's going to say you assaulted us. Like, we're a small ass family owned company. We like know each other. Come on. Thanks, dick. Right. People see, this is the worst. So yeah, rabbit hole. (laughs) No, I would never, I would read that one sentence and be like, I am getting off this website and it's going to infuriate me. Oh my God. It was, yeah. You should, can we post on it? Is it like Juicy Canvas? Can I go post on it? I got stuff to to say. You, no, I'm sure there's a membership, I think, or something. I was more neck deep in YouTubes of interviews with this guy. Oh my God, he goes on camera too? Wow. Oh yeah, he was like in an Australian um, news. That That's where the um, I would acquit the guy, the guilty guy out of principle came from. I was like, and it's, a woman, and a, man, like- it's a woman and a man reporter and apparently based on comments is very liberal news show. And they're like, liberal or conservative anyone who hears something like that needs to be pissed off that is crazy i mean come on so anyway nick is posting his tragic story about being accused of rape calling mary a liar posting her personal information and pictures of her (gasps) and even writes an essay about her called are you ready (sighs) no my own personal 9-11 
<laughs> Screw oh my you. God. Screw you. Nick. <laughs> Listen, are these... Okay, hold on. Let me process. Process if you have a good comment. Otherwise, uh... Own personal terrorist attack. attack killing 3,000 people. The biggest mass murder in history that you watched live because you're our age. So mm -hmm. I know you did. Mm -hmm. I know you were in that math class and they turned on that TV. Mm -hmm. And this is your own personal. Okay. Mm -hmm. Got it. That makes more sense than I can even imagine. Right. Okay. Got it. It was all about how Mary ruined his goals and aspirations. I mean, there's just so much to say on it, but I'll just keep, I'll, I'll power through. Luckily, once again, the judge sides with Mary and throws out the case, and Nick has to pay her attorney fees. Phew, you would think. In 2012, Mary has moved on, got married, and her husband calls Nick crazy on some blog. And before she knew it, Mary is being sued again. <sighs> this guy's upset. How does he know her? Oh, he found her on MySpace. Yeah. Like, and she's the, she's the very first, she's the very first victim who's press charges so i guess he just has a vendetta against her okay he is the reason he has to file as a sex offender for 15 years this one was a quick <laughs> a quick trial and for a third time the judge drops the case and again he has to pay for mary's legal fees like <clears throat> it's getting embarrassing stop yeah. suing your victims Leave yeah it. surely you're running out of money at this point right and god only knows how many women he sexually assaulted or even raped at this point but the one only one press charges and you have zero jail time. It was a slap on the wrist. Count your blessings and leave her alone. For My real. God. It's around this time at 23 years old, Nick returns to his home state of Rhode Island with a new dapper look that includes the, that damn three-piece suit and started working at the state house again. He ditched the cane? Yeah. Aww. That was only for show. Oh, okay. While he was fighting the foster care, foster care system, and being admired by lawmakers, several women were filing police reports of sexual assault and even kidnapping, but all dropped their charges. Oh, no idea what he must have said to intimidate them all into dropping it, but I imagine it was brutal. Well, and he's in so deep with politicians. Yeah, I know. He probably, probably. has connections well beyond anyone else. Like, mm -hmm. this is bizarre, though. Like, this is social media age. One post goes viral and this guy's done. I know. And it eventually makes international news. And I'm like, where was I? It's current. Oh, God, I can't okay. wait to get there. Sorry, go on. Nick got married and was arrested for domestic violence. And he apparently went effing insane. He was banging his head against the cage in the back of the cop car go going nuts. He received probation and the couple got divorced. Oh, okay. It wasn't Louise. No. Okay. And soon he was re reinventing himself yet again. In 2015, he started going by Nick Alaverdian, his born given name, which makes sense because his sex offender status was under Nick Rossi. Ugh, that, that should be changed automatically. Just saying. Yeah, I think he has to do it. Yeah. And he went back to Ohio where he started a nonprofit to revive downtown Dayton, and he met a woman named Catherine Heckendorn at a church function, and they started dating. She had just gotten out of another relationship, and Nick made her feel safe and comforted, and they... She said they had a great relationship. He said he graduated from Harvard. <laughs> oh, my God. And shared his dreams for a nonprofit he wanted to start. Only a few months in, he, prop he proposed on a random night 
while sitting on the couch watching TV. And she was thinking this is way too soon and told him, she, I'm not ready for this. But they continued dating and his persistence to get married was started weighing on her. She always wanted to be a wife and mom. And those trumped any feelings of hesitation. So she eventually said yes. Okay. How old are they? What year is this? This is 2015. Do you know what's interesting? Tell um, me. Understand. Okay. He is a monster to some women and then not to other. Like, how did he meet her at a church function? Was like just a normal guy where he's like, oh, I think he actually, always starts off as a charming, normal guy. Oh, but this, I mean, this is a long a relationship, though. So, like, does he actually love her? Or he's going to turn into a monster, I bet. That's funny you mentioned that, Rach, because uh, okay. the very but, next day after she said yes, they go down to the courthouse, got married. And the day after that, day number two of marriage, uh -huh. he hit her for the first time. Whoa. So he, yeah, he becomes a monster. Oh, my God. This started a pattern of abuse. During these episodes, she tried to run and call the police, but he would always restrain her and always take her phone, once locking her in the bathroom for two full days. Oh, my God. This is bizarre. It's so like, bizarre. Really? This is all locks them in into a, and like is one person one day literally signs a piece of paper and then the next day is like now I can be myself and you're trapped like no right. oh my god it's crazy it's all crazy right. and it's like he's becoming a public figure an, ad, an admired one it's so crazy the government has some dirty little secrets oh well that's not news <laughs> uh, no that's not news one time she was able to call the cops and they arrested him and the cop tells Catherine her husband is a registered sex offender and they think she may be in danger. She didn't know that? No. Okay. The cop was so concerned about her well-being, he started doing daily rounds by the, to drive by their house. So nice. Oh. Angel cop. The wheels are in motion for her to leave, but he's becoming more controlling and abusive. Oh, this is great. Not letting her get a job, forcing her to cook, clean, and Sex. wear skirts with pantyhose. Oh. <laughs> he no. accidentally got a time machine and went back to the 50s, <laughs> yeah. and that's where they are living. She's like, where do I even get pantyhose? Yeah. Then he started erratically spending her money from her savings account. How does she have any... Her, if, uh, Oh, yeah, I was, I'll explain it. Okay, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm interrupting uh, too much, y'all. I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're not. They're thinking it too. Her parents put away a good chunk of money for her, and obviously he knew that. It's her husband. So he started taking it to fund his, quote, nonprofit. And I say that in air quotes because not only does it not exist, but it's used to scam vulnerable families and students. Oh. He would send out an app, a scholarship application to every school in Dayton, and there was a $40 application fee for a chance to get thousands in scholarship money. But obviously there was no scholarship. Oh my God. It's a real piece of shit. Uh, like there's some sort of authority over scholarships. Like is, is the college there not like, this is not, uh, we don't have the scholarship. This is I, not a thing. I, well, but I, I don't know if like nonprofits are like, I will give scholarship money. Like, um, yeah. like Michael's tots. <laughs> That's a perfect example. Like the Scott Tots or Michael Scott's Tots. That's when I watched The Office. Michael Scott said he would pay for college tuitions for every student who graduated college. High school. I mean, high school. 
and um and he had no money so. had no plans of doing such yeah but okay but for one university in dayton like look i'd very much very much urge y'all to watch the state line there are so many there was like so many questions are raised that i'm like oh okay I sorry hours researching that it's i'm like I know there's a lot of questions where I'm like, God, this could have been, this seems like it would be so easy to catch. Yeah. Since that startup was bullshit, Catherine's savings was really going towards his like wardrobe and upholding an image that was very important to him, which always shocks me when these piece of shit monsters have such. They're like so concerned about their image. So concerned about their image. I'm like, don't yeah. beat and rape people. That's yeah. very easy vanity i know but they just want that it's surface level they're just like as long as i look good who cares right as long as long as my bow tie's straight i can rape women as much as i want yeah it's weird or without fear of that getting out i'm like are you new it's 2015 at this point if he's writing on the voice of men or whatever in his mind he really is a bit like he's entitled mm -hmm. to beat the shit out of whoever he wants rape whoever he wants because he's a man. asking for it and yeah all these chicks are asking for it and he's mm -hmm. a man and that's not fair right so that like that's what how his brain works so no this is now not surprising anymore i'm done with him i'm glad his stepdad beat the shit out of him i know i don't even yeah there Sorry. i said it no it's a sad upbringing though it is that does sound horrible yeah but i oh, want to beat the shit out of him for sure she ended up giving him a total of fifty-five thousand dollars around there whoa i know and the worst of it would come when she would refuse him sex uh-uh so he started raping her and i wonder what garbage paul elam would spew over a wife being raped by her husband but he'd be like there's no such thing exactly but there is, and he would do it. Then one day, she found something really disturbing. When he was out, she went down to the basement to clean and found a bunch of boxes. Oh, God. Inside were a ton of journals written by Nick, and it looked like they had different entries from different universities around the U.S. She said, her quote, I remember one from Idaho. It was a girl's name, her class schedule, her likes and dislikes. It also said... She has a boyfriend who doesn't like me. Don't approach her while she's with her boyfriend. Ew. So it was just roughly 15 to 20 notebooks full of women's names he wanted to victimize. Is Mary in there? She's like, Mary, keep that for next time he sues you. Oh, that's a good point. No, she didn't say that. But how creepy is that? I don't think that's she went through it. so creepy. Ew. How creepy is that? 15 to 20 notebooks full of women's names. Ugh. She knew in order to get out, she would need proof. So she started recording their conversations and she oh, played it on Dateline from her phone. And given it was from her own phone and not given to Dateline, I bet that I don't think I'd be able to play it. But he says, he says, what are you doing? Give me your phone. And he says, what are you doing? And then he yells, stop ignoring me. And then just beats her. She's sobbing. It is Whoa. horrifying. And she, as she's playing it, she's visibly shaking. It's oh, so sad. man. But he's such a chase. Stop ignoring me. And then she's like, ow, ow. And she's like, starts sobbing. And it's beat punch after punch after punch. Oh, Ooh. my God. And she gives it to her dad for safekeeping. 
Oh, which I'm like, God. oh my God, that your father wanted to get over there and oh, pion, 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 pion. She sees a window to get out and makes a run for it, literally leaving everything, clothes, dogs, everything. He chases her in a car, tailing her, so she runs a red light and T-bones another car. Uh-oh. Luckily, no one's hurt, but he okay. flees the scene once her and the other driver are calling the cops. And the next day, she files for a divorce. The judge orders Nick to leave, her, leave the house so she can get her dogs and other belongings. And when she walks in, there's a gun laying on the couch, just as like one little way of intimidating her one last time, as in like, I'll find you. But I would be like, sweet, thanks. Take the gun. Yeah. yeah. She didn't go through any legal action against him because she was scared as hell and she just wanted out of the marriage, which she got. So she left it at that. Mm -hmm. Don't underestimate the intimidation factor. I know. I didn't say nothing. I know. I know what you're thinking. Just kidding. Less than a month after the divorce, the FBI knocks on her door asking for his whereabouts. They're investigating a fraud case. The feds were accusing him of ripping off his foster parents who took him in once he was about to age out of the system. He had taken out several credit cards in their name and racked up a debt of about $200,000, and it was finally catching up to him. Oh, my God. I, I thought it was going to be about the scholarship. Was she like, oh, no. what's yeah. none of this shit? Why you're, <laughs> why you're at it? All right, let's tackle into this, this scholarship that I paid for that doesn't exist. Right. How about that? So while all that's going on, his name popped up somewhere else. A detective in Rhode Island, Detective O'Donnell, was doing a regular compliance check on all registered sex offenders in Rhode Island. And he saw that there was a warrant out for Nick's arrest on a domestic violence charge. He cross-checked his last known Rhode Island address and was planning to go arrest him. But as we know, he had moved back to Ohio at this point. And as a registered, registered sex offender, you are required to notify the state about any change of address. I and know. he it, didn't. It really seems like this needs to fall on the responsibility of um, an unofficial, a judge. The registered sex offender is not going to do it. I know. I mean, and he some, doesn't. they do. Uh, some do. But, like, it would take so long as clearly it takes so long for the justice system to like catch up like they don't check that every single day obviously I know. I know. so like you're gonna think the criminal's gonna register all that no they're not gonna do that so another warrant is slapped on top in addition to the fbi investigation so he's in real trouble now finally finally since the state couldn't find him the police put up pictures on rhode island's most wanted list and before you know it nick calls detective o'donnell pissed he tells them he's incompetent and doesn't know the general laws of Rhode Island, and he informs them that he's moved out of the country, therefore doesn't need to notify the state that he moved. Oh, hey, Interpol, there you are. There you are, which oddly enough, though, is true. Oh, if you, you move, Yes, the country. Like sex offenders everywhere, just flee. Isn't crazy? Detective O'Donnell calls U.S. Marshals, and they do confirm Nick's passport was used on a one-way ticket to Ireland, so that warrant's dropped. Whoa. I'm like, wait a minute. That doesn't seem right. Seems weird. Seems like a big old loophole someone <laughs> needs to figure out. Mm -hmm. Then his name pops up again. In Utah, a county attorney named David Levitt was looking into old rape cases that were never investigated. <laughs> Y'all, this is... Are you it kidding? I know. It pissed him off that these women subjected themselves to rape exams and no one ever looked into it. He started testing them one by one, and one was a hit for a reg registered sex offender in the state of Ohio, Nick Rossi. Wait, so these women report rape and no one and did just anything? just sits on a desk. That is bizarre. 
Oh, I don't think so. I think that happens a lot. Oh, my God. It's like, okay, we'll yeah. get to it eventually, I guess. We'll get to it Someone again. will or not. I don't know. Someone will a decade later, which is what David Levitt did. And he reached out to a woman who reported it 11 years later. <laughs> and she said she met Nick on MySpace, just as Mary did. And they started a relationship. He started stealing from her. So she went to his apartment to break up with them. And he trapped her inside and raped her. So let's tack on another rape kit, another state who's he's in trouble with. Yeah. Just this seemingly do-gooder trying to help foster kids. So now we're up to date. It's February 2020, and Nick has just, quote, died. So now FBI is calling everyone and anyone Nick used to know and get former phone numbers, emails, whatever. They call Brian Coogan, that former House of Democratic House. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> They House call of Representatives. Just, yeah. Yeah, go on. Sorry. They call Brian Coogan, the one who almost adopted Nick before aging out of the system, and they ask how well he knows him. And Brian's all, I know him very well, but he died over a year ago. And they're like, oh, update. No, he didn't. He's on the run. Can you imagine that? Like, Brian pulled over and was like, wait. Uh, wait, okay. I, I know you'll get to that, but I'm so intrigued about that. I want to hear about that. The Brian's? No, him dying and Louise. Like, was she in on it? Oh, it, we I'm will get there. Very confused. And yeah. why did he? Oh, because they, they were looking for him. So that's yeah. how he died. He got when the FBI is now looking for him. Oh, okay. So, so he's he, like, God, yeah. I really don't want to get in trouble for this shit. Let's get cancer. Let's do cancer and then head to Ireland. Let's do cancer, fake a death, and make a big big deal about it i want it in papers it was like in the top it was in everywhere that this poor little kid who already had a rough life died young died, died young um we want elected officials to speak at memorials all around i'm like go quietly no <laughs> no he can't because he wants his name attached to like the biggest scam ever oh good job nick because all right go on so Brian's obviously very cooperative, gives FBI whatever they needed, and straight up asks the special agent, why can't they catch him? And the agent says, every time they track an email to an IP address, they go to that location and he's gone. He says, this kid is, quote, the best he's ever seen. He's Whoa. a computer genius, and he has been running FBI in circle for, circles for two years. How in the hell? I know. God. But in December 2021, Nick made an error online and gave up an overseas address, which they tracked, and it led them to an intensive care unit in a hospital in Glasgow, Scotland. Oh. Where a man named Arthur Knight was being treated for COVID. COVID, you sneaky little bastard. COVID. Duh. Interpol shared mugshots and fingerprints so Scottish authorities could make an on-spot ID, and they concluded that it was, in fact, Nick Rossi and arrested him. Oh, he was Arthur? Yes. Oh, okay. But this is not the end of the story because this dude insists that this is a case of mistaken identity, and he is, in fact, Arthur Knight. While out on bail, he was determined to prove it and set up his own press tour. Wait, That's how did they... So he checked into a hospital for COVID mm -hmm. and just gave, like, his real information and... and somehow Interpol no, found it? he is Arthur Knight. He gave the idea of Arthur Knight. Okay, so how did they find him? He made a mistake online. No details oh, how okay. they found it. Okay. But he had COVID pretty bad. And I mean, you can't fake that. 
He was well, in. No. He was in ICU. So I don't know if. Yeah, no. You can't online shop. I, I don't know, I know, but I just I don't know how. What do you mean online? That he made a mistake. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. He does a ton of these interviews with his wife Miranda by his side, claiming he's a victim, and their lives have been ruined. And she said she would know if her husband was a serial rapist. He says he's an orphan from Ireland who moved to London, where he met his now wife Miranda, then climbed up the corporate ladder and relocated to Scotland. And when Nick Rossi died, they were on their honeymoon, which I'm like, that tells me nothing. I have no doubt you were. I'm sure. Great. Yeah. That doesn't help me at all. As recently as April 2023, he's claiming this. This is where Dateline got a hold of him. Let me paint a picture. <laughs> Wait, so who's Louise? Did Louise think he I'll, died? Okay. I'm so confused. I, I know. Me and Barrett were watching this Dateline being like, I feel like we're being duped. Yeah. <laughs> think dateline producers this is, are pumping yeah, this is an snl skit you would be shocked that this guy's our age he looks to be in his 40s or 50s he's overweight he's in a wheelchair which he says is due to covid and he wears an oxygen mask oh my he, god he always wears a bow tie and these little harry potter round glasses are way too small for his face i do i have to play one clip so you can hear how he sounds just well, he's Better be faking an Irish or Scottish accent because that's where he was born. We were once a normal family, but thanks to the media, our lives have been interrupted. And we'd like privacy, and I would like to go back to being a normal husband. Mm. But um, I can't because I can't breathe. I can't walk. Uh, people say that's an act. Let me try to stand up. Let me try to stand up. Exactly. Exactly. What do you say? In this clip, his wife essentially knocks him back down when he tries to stand up. Did y'all, could you hear yeah, that? that yes. He says like, okay. Yes. And she knocks him down, but I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. He almost said it. Let him go ahead. Let him go. Stand up. So he's saying all that's from COVID. Like he can't, he's barely yeah. able to talk. He like can't catch his breath. Right. He has the oxygen mask. And Andrea oh. asks him to take off the oxygen mask so people can see his full face and he says he will once he once he catches his breath but he never does she asks him what age he was adopted in ireland he says he doesn't know so like at this point you're like miranda blink twice if you're in trouble i mean for real god this is like his fourth wife yeah this is the point where i'm like let's spit in a cup and get this done what are we doing see that's yeah you want to prove you're not home forget the press tour forget talking to andrea cannon do a dna test we're right. all good to go he refuses to and i don't see, think scotland is like america where you can like get a warrant for someone's dna um we do have scottish listeners so maybe y'all can weigh oh. in yeah it's our second highest listener base in uk so weigh in please what's our first England. Okay. I looked it up in terms of paternity tests, and it said the court in Scotland can't request, I mean, can't require that. They can request it, but I don't know for criminal cases. I couldn't get there. But what about Interpol? I know. And that's, I'm like, but the charges are brought from U.S. It's like those questions. I'm like, I don't understand how this is a thing. In America, we'll stalk you. We'll wait for you to throw away your gum. You know, we're getting your DNA whether you like it or not. So, I don't uh, yeah, that's weird. I'm not weird. I mean, I get it, but um, <laughs> do we have any Interpol listeners? <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
Hey, if you're uh, like, if you do, will you be our third co-host? Oh come on, that my would be god! If awesome. you are a U.S. Marshal or an Interpol or FBI, why don't you give us a shout? Yeah, I, I have so many questions. God, you'd be like our on-spot consultant. I'll pay you. This guy loves the spotlight. If he this is really it. him, like, oh, if you crazy. want, if you want your privacy back. Then you better spit in a cup. You better right. swab that mouth. Send in some hair. Grab the root. Mm-hmm. I am done with this. I, I am. I hate anyone. What ever. a waste of time and resources. Just fucking spit in a cup. Oh, God. But the hearing for the judge to make his determination on whether or not he's Nick is set for June 2022 at this point. And more women are coming forward about sexual assault and rape against Nick Rossi, one even being from the UK, claiming that he raped her years before, but I guess didn't report it because he died. So we figured, what's the point? Yeah. That's speculation. I don't know why she didn't report it, but I mean, probably imagine. Not. Yeah. Yes. Question. Sorry. One more question. All these people who knew him, he's only at this point 36. Yeah. So a bulk of his like, up and coming politicians loved them and up and coming nonprofits and stuff was only a couple of years ago. Can they not show they do. Mike Pence, this guy on Dateline and be like, is that Nick Rossi? Yeah. And they do. Reporters will FaceTime Brian Coogan, who knew him and kind of mentored him, knew him the best, everything. FaceTime was like, do you think this is Nick Rossi? And all Brian says is hello, Nick. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, Everywhere, yeah. these people who formerly knew him are all in the states being like, "That's him." Mask aside, weight gain aside, he does look—he looks older, bigger, everything. But he did legitimately have COVID, so maybe I don't know. Um, okay, done. I know, <laughs> but you can't do that. Often, no, I mean, no. we need physical proof here. I know. His case makes international news now, and Mary, the first victim who filed charges against him is back in the States and making it real public about her thoughts on Nick Rossi and what a piece of shit he, she is. Oh, yeah. What a piece of shit he is, because she figures in order to get sued again, he would have to admit he's alive. Oh, absolutely. That's she's so like, funny. oh, I don't okay, give a shit say. anymore. Yeah. Oh, my and God. she said she would recognize those chubby little fingers anywhere. Ew. I know. It's so gross. Oh, my God. Go, girl. Uh-huh. In an effort to claim his innocence, he and Miranda invite Jane... McSorley, an investigative reporter who has a podcast called I Am Not Nicholas, over to their flat for dinner. Wait, he invited them? Yeah. Okay. He, invi- he and Miranda invited Jane. Okay. She tells Dateline she was warmly welcome. She had spent about two hours there before she asked Arthur to roll up his sleeves because Nick's left arm was covered in tattoos. Another question, like, were you the only one who's asked? Were you the first one to ask to do this? Anyway. Not only is Arthur willing to do it, but he projects Nick's mugshots displaying his tattoos on their big screen. So he's, mind like, you, he's in a wheelchair, so he rolls it up to his elbow, and there are no tattoos. She put Jane puts on her glasses to examine scars from tattoo removal, nothing. She rubs it to make sure there's no makeup on it, nothing. So she's thinking, holy shit, the authorities made a mistake. In June 2022, on the day of his extradition hearing, he goes back to the hospital for supposed COVID, but allegedly it was to dodge a court appearance, the court appearance. Because mm-hmm. he flew into a rage and attacked a doctor and nurse when they tried to discharge him. And according oh. to them, he gets out of his wheelchair and runs towards them. Oh. So apparently this dude can walk. 
So he is charged with assault on the doctor and nurse, and the court gives him one week to prove his identity, whether it be a birth certificate, passport, anything. He presents a driver's license from Ireland and that says Arthur Knight, but the Irish authorities say they have no record of legitimately providing that. So I was about fake. to say, oh my God, please test the legitimacy of it. Like, right. I, you can make a fake ID. This guy's been evading police for how long? Get, right. Fake ID's easy. Oh my God, we did it all the time from... <laughs> 16 to 20 oh my ages God. 16 to 20 come on use that guy in texas send him 100 bucks he'll he'll get you whatever state you want yeah then finally in november of 2022 the trial does happen where the judge will hear all the evidence and determine if arthur knight is nick aliverdian slash nick rossi the prosecutor presents evidence that arthur knight does in fact have the same tattoos as nick rossi jane didn't see his upper arm only his forearms and Catherine, his ex-wife said that he was in the process of removing those when they were married in 2015. Jane looked for scar scarring, I know, but like technology, man, I guess this just advances shit. Yeah. So the, this is back in the United States? We back? No, this, no, we're in, we're still in Glasgow. Oh God. Okay. So the prosecutor finally made him take off his entire shirt and the upper arms were in fact the exact same tattoos. And you know what he <gasps> said? He's like, I just got these yesterday. He said... The doctors at the hospital in Glasgow tattooed him while he was in a medically induced coma with COVID. Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> doctors and nurses in 2020 had nothing but time. They, you know, <laughs> they brushed up on their tattoo artist skills. <laughs> They're like, we've got nothing else to do this Let's year. Let's just frame this critically ill COVID patient. Oh, my God. That, Jane was in the trial. It wasn't public, but Jane was in trial and said, Everyone's face was the shocked emoji in real life. Eyes wide, jaws on the table, being like, are you, this is, what? I can't believe your doctor did that to you. <laughs> that is so crazy. <laughs> so they presented the judge with even more damning. I'm oh, sorry, do you have, you? No, I'm just, I kind of don't get how this all eventually went down. So we were talking about how they can't just take DNA from a cup that he throws away. But like this investigation is still very much on. Yeah. They're just gathering evidence. It's like he pled not guilty. So gathering evidence, waiting for trial. He's out on bail this whole time. Okay. But he's just like refusing to actually prove his identity in yeah. real life. Yes. And they really can't just be like, we're going to stick this Q-tip in your mouth, right. whether you like it or not. That is, isn't that weird? So they presented the judge with even more damning evidence of fingerprints that the Interpol provided Scottish authorities at the very beginning when they discovered him in the hospital and they did in fact match to Nick Rossi's. Now, oh. the, yeah. And <laughs> the hospital, the very first original arrest in the hospital when they found Arthur Knight, they gave oh. him Nick's mugshots and fingerprints for oh, them to make an on-spot ID. Okay. And that's what got him arrested. Yeah. And started this whole thing. Yes. Okay. There we are. And the defense to that said David Levitt made the call that they matched Nick Rossi's. He's the one spearheading it back in the States. So he's also framing him. He just has it out for Arthur and Nick. Oh, the investigator? Yeah, David, David Rossi, the David investigator Levitt. in Utah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. David Levitt, I'm sorry. Yeah. But the judge isn't buying it and rules in favor <laughs> of the prosecution. <laughs> no, he rules in favor of the prosecution that he is, in fact, Nick Rossi and slash Nick Oliverdian. The extradition hearing is set to be June 26th of this month. Wait, that's in like, come on. I know. Two weeks. I know. But, but 
the defense attorney says this will be a drawn out process, potentially years, because Scotland has a strict human rights checklist and the U.S. prison don't always cooperate with that. <laughs> Utah, Utah will need to satisfy Scotland's requirements before they extradite them. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, Peru was like, don't do whatever you want, I guess. Yeah. Until then, he will sit in a jail over there. So no worries on that. Oh, okay. Um, so who? where is he going to go when he gets extradited? Utah. Utah, okay. So now for Miranda. Does Miranda. she know? Doesn't she? Louise, too. I'm so confused. Well, there's a recording that was released of Nick's widow, Louise. Louise. Who, by the way, there's no record of a Louise Aliverdian or a Louise Rossi. Uh-oh. Miranda is Louise, isn't she? Okay, yes. go on. She's scheduling Nick's funeral with the Catholic Church in the States, and Jay McSorley said she can confirm without a shadow of the doubt that is Miranda's voice on the phone. She knows her British accents, she says, and Miranda was playing the part of Louise. I guess that's not confirmed. She's never admitted to it, but Miranda's standing by her man for now. We'll see how the extradition hearing goes. But uh, yeah, it's very much believed that Miranda is Louise. She's vouching for him. That they're on their honeymoon. No, we've never been to the States. I'm like, you you know something. Bullshit. But they, yeah, but they do have kids. No. Oh, okay. No. That was all. Also that. And I'm like, why do you keep lying? Why lie about that? Like, yeah, so because I mean, the people on the, that raised a red flag to Brian Coogan when he read the obituary. I mean, like, Nick had kids? I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, wow. According to Brian Coogan, he knew he didn't die because cockroaches don't die. Oh. I loved it. Burn. Mm -hmm. I didn't even go into every story that he, all the fraud, everything that people are um, accusing Nick for. He screwed $30,000 out of this poor woman launching a startup in Canada by means of Upwork.com. No. I was like, what? You have to hit milestones. Yeah. <laughs> not, not necessarily. Oh, okay. Well, she, he didn't. And she was like, she hired him. She has like a show on like uh, the Food Network or something. It's called Nefsika's Garden. And he, she needed PR and marketing. And he, she paid him like 10 grand a month because he went to Harvard. He also had an international law degree. He just seemed, and he had the best reviews on Upwork. Oh my God. He's like, 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 I feel stupid for believing all this. And it got to like three months. And she was like, you haven't shown me any work. And she just like shut him down. And then he started a website being like, Nef Nefsika's Garden is a fraud account. She's a con artist. And she was like, I really was worried about my reputation for a second there, but... It oh all came out that it was God. Nick Rossi. It's like oh. shit like that, like that just keeps going. Where I'm like, how did you, how did he get away with stuff like that for so long? I don't know. And it's crazy. Oh my God. My mind is like very blown. I very much encourage everyone to go watch that Dateline because you're like, what? I was like on the Providence Journal just reading article after article being like, I, I can't fit everything. It's going to be a five-hour episode, and I have so many questions, yeah. as I'm sure you do. There's so many unanswered questions. I do remember seeing that on my Dateline queue, and you said don't watch it. And I was like, I'm kind of not interested because I don't want to hear about a con artist. But that's insane. It's insane because and every reporter that I've watched interviews on is saying, like, when this is international news, it caught media attention worldwide, and I'm like, 
Where was where? I? Yeah, this guy's this our is age. current today. He's look him up. Literally two months younger than us. Not even. Mm-hmm. So I, crazy. How did I not notice this? It's really crazy. Okay, so he's going to be extra extradited. Mm-hmm. But that's going to take sure. a while. But June twenty yeah. sixth. Oh, that's the hearing. That's the hearing. He's had several hearings. It's just crazy, man. And that's the story of Nick Rossi slash Nick Aliverdian. Oh, my God. Oh, the, the pictures, I'm like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And the fact that doctors did it. <laughs> the doctors <laughs> did him. He's like, I, we got to think of something. Yeah. Like, how do you explain that? That's not the way. Doctors in 2020 all <laughs> suited up. Just, you know. They're their hazmat suits. They're yeah. like, oh, Go get that needle. I want to do a tattoo. Yeah. I'm in, in spode. I'm in spode. This guy's not waking up. <laughs> so funny. Or I, I want to frame him. There's a guy in the States. I'm like, they, they don't even know that then. Get out of here. <laughs> like, they didn't it's know so to weird frame that you back then. Someone so dumb can go this long on the I run. Know. It's shocking, really. All right, my massage in 30 minutes. I got to go. What? Jealous. You are the best. People are the worst. Especially Nick. Especially Nick Rossi, man. Wow. Bye. Bye.